Hey everybody, this is Kurt. I just wanted to jump in real quick before we get started with our episode zero and let you know this was the absolute first time that we recorded anything. So there are some audio issues, some levels are off a little bit. It gets better as it goes on as we kind of figure it out. The editing's a little rough and it probably will be for the first few episodes as I kind of figure out how to edit and, you know, chop the audio, that sort of thing. Just bear with us, it gets better. At the end of the episode, we actually forgot to do an outro, so it just kind of ends. We didn't figure that out until after I had basically edited the, the entire episode. When we're done, you'll just hear some music and that'll be it. And we, we will have outros going forward. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much. All right. Well, here we go with our, our Webway Radio episode zero, testing things out, getting our podcast going, hopefully. Yes, we are. So uh, I guess we're going to go over who we are and kind of let everybody know why we're doing this and that sort of thing. So you want to head it off? Sure. Uh, well, uh, my name is Kurt. Uh, I've been playing for maybe 10 years, give or take. Actually, probably about 12, if I'm being honest. My first army was Chaos Space Marines, purchased off of Craigslist. Um, still have most of them. I think, actually, you have some of those models now, too. Um, what about you? What was your first hobby? When did you get into it? Well, I got into the hobby looking for goblins for D&D and ended up at a Warhammer store. It's quite the jump. Yes, it's been, I don't know, probably six years, maybe. Okay. Okay, what was your first army? Goblins? Oh, and, and my name is Shane. I should I should head in there with that, you know? That will help eventually. So first army would have been... Yeah, I went into Age of Sigmar first. Oh. Yeah, so I had uh, had some Stormcast and some uh, shirtless corn guys. What were those guys called? I... Yeah, I don't, I don't pay enough Sigmar, attention to where those corn guys yeah. are. You know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the starter box. Comes with the paint. I think that covers all the all the details we wanted to go over for the for the intro, right? I believe so. Let's go into more detail about how we got into the hobby. Um, my very first taste of the hobby was actually at the Opry Mills uh, store up uh, in Nashville. I, uh, I remember that store. I remember walking by it and thinking that looks cool and never walking in. I saw it one time. The first Lord of the Rings had just come out. I'd never seen anything like it before. I thought it was like a GameStop or, you know, something like that with video games. And I walk in and they were playing the Lord of the Rings game and immediately kind of fell in love with everything. Um, and not long after that, I really got to know a, a friend of ours and he ran a computer store slash game store, uh, and a, guy that he knew actually ran a tiny Warhammer store out of a computer shop. And I got to see somebody play Skaven against, I think, Empire that day. And ever since then, I've been obsessed. Nice, nice. I really do regret never going into that that Warhammer store in Opry Mills because it was, Opry Mills uh, was built on, uh, what, Opryland, right? So it's yes. a, a huge mall that's the size of an amusement park. And uh, the stores in there are not always a one-to-one for when you go to those stores in another location. Sometimes they're a little bit more. And the Warhammer store <laughs> that we have now is in like a closet size space. And that thing, it just looks to me like it was fancier from the outside. But I never, like I said, I never went in. I think that might be one of those nostalgia makes everything you think uh, so? rose-tinted. Because... I was small and I was like, because hmm, I, I remember it being packed and there was like maybe one little small table for people to kind of demo games on and the oh, rest that's was terrible. just shelves. And I, I'm sure we could go online and find a picture of it. But yeah, after after the flood, they did not come back. For me, I'll go into more detail about this uh, this goblin search. So uh, some friends of mine at work, uh, we decided to do a and d campaign. And I thought, I'm a very visual person, so... I'm like, I got to have some stuff on the, on the table so that we can, instead of me sitting there, you know, somebody's like, hey, you got to look over this thing to the left. 
and this and that. Well, am I close enough to do this? I wanted to know. I wanted to see it. And I saw that D&D had minis, so I'm like, all right, cool. So I find out that, uh, what is that company called? Reaper Minis? Reaper, yes. And I, I found out that they make them, so I look it up, and I go to their, their website, and they're like, hey, we have this store in Nashville, or this place that sells oh, our like stuff in Nashville. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's that's awesome. So me and my wife, we head up there. It's an hour drive. So we go up here for uh, for our Reaper Bones Goblin Minis, and the GPS takes me to some dude's house. Oh, no. And... I'm not in a part of town where, like, there's houses and businesses mixed in the same street. This is a subdivision. And I'm like, well, this is weird. So I pull up at an empty lot, and I call them. I call the phone number that has a Tennessee area code. And I'm like, uh, hey, uh, so are you guys operating out of somebody's basement or something? He's like, no, it's a... I think he says it's like some kind of huge store or something. And I'm like, well, not on this road, it's not. And uh, we get to talking, and eventually he goes, what city are you in? And I'm like... Nashville, and I forget what city in Texas he was in, but the oh, number no. got forwarded to the main Reaper office in Texas. Oh, and he's like, "Well, we're we're in Texas," and I'm like, "Well, I don't think you're going to be able to sell me some goblins today, man." <laughs> and uh, so we we get off the phone, and me and my wife are sitting there. We've driven an hour looking for freaking goblins, you know, and uh, kind of frustrated. So I just Google minis, and uh, obviously the first thing that comes up is the Warhammer store. So I go there and I walk in. And Robbie's running the store, and Robbie's oh. like, hey, how can I help you? And this dude sold the shit out of me on some Age of Sigmar when I was looking for goblins, and I walked out of there spending like $120 on Stormcast. So two boxes. Yeah, two, <laughs> two boxes. <laughs> All right, let's dive into some of the games that we like to play. One of the, one of the things I do want to preface this with is that we haven't stated thus far is while we do spend 90% of our hobby money on Games Workshop products. We are going to try to cover a lot of stuff uh, that we've dabbled in. That doesn't mean that we're we're not going to be a Star Wars Legion podcast, but we'll be talking about it from time to time. Mostly Games Workshop stuff, I would imagine. I would hope so, because if you look to your right, there's thousands of dollars worth of Games Workshop product. Which, so. is, <laughs> which is just bonkers. Sad. It's, it sucks that this this hobby costs so much money, but it's so satisfying. I guess let's start with the big one. The elephant in the room? Yeah, let's let's start with 40K. Um, we'll just go back and forth on the different games. Sure, sound. sure. So uh, which armies do you play in 40K? Oh, I, I guess would... you and your wife, really, because, you know, yes. there's a lot of 40K armies in the room. Well, there's a lot of Eldari in the room. My, my first true love army, I guess the one that really got me into 40K was Space Wolves at the end of the day. Um, fantasy had just ended and well it was about to end I could see the writing on the wall I could see the direction the the end time books were going so I traded I started trading and selling all of my fantasy armies and I was on barter town um, but I traded my dark elf army uh, for a ton of space wolves and that's really what brought me into 40k your fantasy dark elf army yes not your fantasy Harry. dark elf yes Drukari. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that got me kind of started with Space Wolves. And then, you know, my, I think my wife had her Eldar for some time at that point. Well, what about you? What, uh, what do you play? I really went hardcore into Age of Sigmar until, uh, until I couldn't get, started going to the local game store trying to, trying to get some people in to play some games and stuff. I bought into Shadespire or Warhammer Underworlds pretty heavily. Then Kill Team came out, and that's why all the people at the game store wanted to play. So I, I went into 40K, and I went with uh, Chaos Space Marines. And the reason I like the Chaos Space Marines, not only the angel demons trope kind of thing, but mostly they're essentially like Venom from the Marvel 
universe. You know, you get Go those. On. I can't wait to hear this comparison. The possessed. The possessed are venom uh, from the Marvel universe. Yeah, I, I had never thought of it like yes, that. Yes, and that's, that's why I love them so much. They're my favorite models in the game. The possessed models aren't. The Forge World possessed models are. And okay, they knew. Okay. What is that guy's name that just came out? The Forge World guy. The main Argyle guy from the Tall? books. Argyle Tall. Yes. Oh my God, yes. I cannot wait to get that model. And he is the reason I want a Word Bearer's Army so bad. But. Yes. Yes, I went into Chaos Space Marines, and uh, they have not been a meta armory the entire time that I've played them. I think they've won maybe two tournaments. Um, so I end up in a, a lot of situations where I just get taken to school on how to how to not win 40K games. But uh, in, in your defense, though, you were playing uh, super-powered Space Marines when they got their 8.5 Codex and then their ninth edition Codex immediately. Uh, so And you're still rocking the one wounds. And we should also say we're, we're not tournament players. We're not no. really meta chasers. We, no. I've never been to a tournament. I, I think you've never been I to think, a tournament. I think the reason that I'm salty about the meta for Chaos Space Marines is not so much that they're bad in the meta. It's that the armies that function within the rules of the game are not Chaos Space Marines. Like the most recent tournament winning Chaos Space Marines list that uses the Chaos Space Marines quote, uh, codex. And this is quote unquote Chaos Space Marines. It's the title of the codex. Right. There's no Space Marines in the list. Yeah, that's problematic. It is a game that has an like a 60-book series of Horus Heresy, plus all these other books, and all they talk about are the Space Marines and the Chaos Space Marines. And yet, on the table, I can't play the Space Marines if I want to win a game. Anyway, we're not going to be venting on that. We'll vent on that another day. That's a topic for a different a different day. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, the lists I pay, play are a little bit more lore-focused. I like my Space Marines on the table. Oh. And so I'm going to lose my games because I'm going to stick by my guns. 100%. I still rock the Assault Marines that you kill first turn every game, so... <laughs> <laughs> my Havoc Marines are freaking awesome. Yeah, I've learned to avoid those, though. Yep, yep. <laughs> Target priority number one. <laughs> All right, so let's go on to our... What's your second favorite game? Game or army? We still talking 40K? Are we, oh, yeah, I guess we do need oh, the armies. Yeah, oh, we need to finish our armies, don't uh, we? We do. Um, so in January of this year, I acquired a small car payment or a small down payment on a car's worth of Dark Eldar or Drukhari, depending on how long you've been playing. And I'm actively building and painting that army now. How big of a purchase of Drukhari that this person has made? He has a friend who just had collected, was it, is 50 boxes too much? Probably. You think 50? There were a lot of. Uh, 50 boxes of Drakari. A lot of star collectings, a lot of, of the old battle forces, which the kits haven't been updated in 10 years, so it's all the same stuff. Uh, and then two Blood of the Phoenixes, just a ton of, I think it was t- almost $2,500 worth. It's just a ridiculous collection for someone to have that never opened the boxes. He had technically assembled six Kabbalai warriors with no arms. <laughs> uh, technically... <laughs> Technically, he okay. assembled a couple, and God, those are so fiddly. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, what about you? Do you have any other armies? I like my space vampires. Oh, yes. Blood angels. Yes, the yes, ones I'm, I've never seen you play. Yes, the ones that I have never played. <laughs> because the blood angels I have are the genera space marines, I don't have any of the blood angels specific models. And in order to play them and actually get the blood angels feel, you need some, um, what are those guys called? Sanguinary guard. Yes. And, and it, I have not purchased any yet. When I purchase them, though, we will be playing uh, some Blood Angels. I will I will destroy you with some Blood Angels because I'll actually have an army that's capable. Fair enough, fair enough. And So, yeah, I've got the, I guess I've got two Indominus boxes and some Reavers 
Those are rookie numbers, by the way. Only and two. I mean, they all fit on one shelf. Oh yeah, it's no, not no. a big, it's not a big deal. Hundred percent. I have Mephiston. Yeah, I, I just have some some of those good uh, value buys for like the the box sets where I've went in with people and bought bought the Space Marine half. They are value. I mean, it, it is. It's it still is. overpriced, but you're paying less than half of what you normally would for the same number of models. But yeah, so I've got my I've got my Blood Angels. They're probably. Half of them are base coated red, with that being the only color that's on them, and the other half are gray. I mean, in your defense, though, you're 90% there on half of your models, so... <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I did paint five dudes with battle damage and everything, and they look phenomenal. I don't think I've seen those. Well, you have. It's just been a long time since I oh, painted them. Yeah, I don't I even know. remember the recipe that I used for the paint, so I'm really oh, screwing myself over there. That's like me and my uh, Cabalite Warrior recipe. I don't know what I did. I don't... I, I'm so I'm such a disorganized person. And I'm sure you know this. No and, comment. Uh, I, uh, I don't, like, I have, I started one of those recipe books. I've lost it. And then I don't remember to write stuff down half the time anyway. You know Google Drive is a thing, right? Just one document with all your Dude, recipes. I use Google Drive so much, it keeps warning me that I'm 90% full. I've got to go in there and, and fix it because I've started, I started that one time when I, I did my ADD spreadsheet where I was putting in all the stats for the cast Space Marines to try to come up with my own point system for them. How'd that work out? Never finished it. I lost the, dr- the the drive to do that. It's a lot of freaking work just for one army. I wanted to compare all the armies and be like, what oh, system do these people use? Right, right. Because there's no I'm method sure there's to a, the madness. They just throw words at you. Somewhere where they've probably cracked that cookie. Just they have not. Oh. That's why I huh. made the spreadsheet, my friend. Do you have an army number three? Well, you've, you've got your old cast face rings, the remnants of them. So my third army is... Uh, it's a Raven Guard force I've been working on for quite some time. Um, I think maybe it was seventh edition. The it was a supplement that came out for Raven Guard, and it had this awesome sniper rifle in it. And I just wanted to build a whole army around it. And back then, there were ways to get assault marines to be just troop choices. So I uh, I bought a ton of assault marines and Vanguard veterans, and I actually started building a 30k force that I was hoping to use in conjunction with my 40k force and just kind of interchange models, and Primaris happened. So, uh, Kurt, I'm going to interrupt you for a second and throw uh-huh. something out there. This just hit me. Uh-huh. It may not stick, so don't get your hopes up. Sure. But I like the Space Marines part of the Army so much that it just occurred to me that if I did invest in 30k, I would mm-hmm. always be able to play Space Marines. I wouldn't have to worry about... The off-meta taking me away from Space Marines. We're not going to cut that because that's why I did what I did. (laughs) That's why all of my Marines are painted black except for the seven my wife had painted green. And I don't have to worry about Chaos Cultists being my infantry. I would just like for them to be deleted. I cannot believe that just clicked. That's why I have so many Mark IV. I've I've got like 60 bodies Mark IV unpainted just waiting. So um, I understand what Mark IV means as far as the fact that it is the number of an army, but I do not understand like the chronology of the releases of armor. Like I can't memorize that. So I don't know where in the timeline, what the significance of Mark IV is. I, I think, and don't hold me to this because there were a lot of books and I, I don't memorize things well. I think it's the army that was most common right as the heresy broke out. Okay. I think, Another thing to throw out there that's slightly off topic but on topic is that Forge World just released a reprinting, I guess, of the Horus Heresy Book 3 and Book 7. Okay, so presumably there's more than seven books. So when they do a reprint, why would they pick 3 and 7? I think it's what's out of stock or what has been out of stock the longest. But these reprints, I think they're missing some pages in their paperback. But they still want like $110 for the paperback book. It's a hard sell. I really want to just sit down and talk to those guys and be like, okay, so how do you price stuff? Like, what is your... 
do you look at the amount of time that it takes to design the model? Because look, here's five models for $10 and here's five models for 150. What is the difference here? How do you come up with this? Cause it's not points values. I would like to think that in the back room of games workshop HQ, there's a monkey that loves cigars and playing darts and they just let the monkey throw a dart on the wall. And they've got different pieces of paper with different dollar values printed on them. And whatever the monkey hits is what they price it as. I can, that's actually more logical than any other thing I can come up with. So that's your Raven guard. So you've went over Jakari Raven guard and I guess Space Wolves. I talked about Space, space Wolves, wolves. First. That's oh. what it was. <laughs> We're terrible okay. at this. <laughs> okay. So, uh, listeners, I think that 90% of the games I've played with our friend Kurt here have been Raven Guard. Yes. So they're awesome. I was surprised that they weren't listed as number one when he started talking. I was going to go in chronologically acquired order. And uh, then I'm going on money spent. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So mine is Chaos Space Marines. I need to start over. Then it's Blood Angels. And my third army, do I have a third army? I started Demons. You bought the Start Collecting box. Yeah, so it's not really like, I've got like 90 bucks invested in it, and I've 3D printed some some uh, Demon Lords or Demon Princes. Well, on the same 30K note, though, you could uh, you could use those in 30K. Just I know, saying, Demons I are a thing now. Yes. If you're willing to spend $150 on the book. <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean... Let's, let's see if we get that rumored box set or not first. As far as money spent in my apartment... The third most money spent on an army has been uh, Chaos Chaos Space Marines Nurgle. How do you say that? What is their codec called? Is it just Nurgle? Death Guard. Death Guard. Death that's Guard. the word. Yes, it is. Being recording and stuff is like making my mind go blank on the stuff that I know really well. Is ridiculous. I can just barely function here. Yeah, so I can't wait like, to be called an idiot by we're sitting somebody. Here looking at each other, talking about <laughs> stuff that we've discussed over and over again. So many times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, there are a few things I learned today, you know. Oh. Yeah, like I didn't, I, I somehow didn't know that it was 12 years. And well, I got into Warhammer working at the company I work for now, and I've been there for eight years. I just don't remember. I know it's it's somewhere between five and eight years ago. Yeah. Well, I think Sigmar happened five years ago this past summer. So Sigmar had been out for a year or less when I got in and eighth edition came out the following year after I got in because I uh, went up there for my birthday to go to the Warhammer store and eighth edition had come out and it was full of stinky nerds um, like wall to wall. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is what my birthday at games workshop looks like. They, uh, they released 40 K editions on it. And so <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yes. So eighth okay. edition was either one to two years after I got into the hobby because I specifically remember going up there for my birthday. I, I do remember a shop in Murfreesboro that I won't name. That was just wall to wall magic, the gathering every Friday night to where you just couldn't shop or look. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm willing to spend a couple hundred dollars in here right now, but I, I can't get to the 40 K section <laughs> because like 16 people have to move for me to get back there to peruse your products. So, so uh death guard, the third I, faction. In my I didn't apartment. know you had death guard. I don't have death. They're guard. so this good. This is my wife's collection. I've never seen your wife paint or play. So we so. bought a, <laughs> one of those box sets, okay. uh, value box sets. And she yes. got the death guard out of it. And I got the space Marines out of it. And, uh, I want to say it was probably one of those sets that probably has like 500 points on each side. I got the primary guys that fly. Not the ones that have plasma, but they have like bolts. Yes, I, I have that same set. And actually, that's how our, our friend got his Death Guard. And uh, that was also ended up later on being a perfect set if you wanted to start a kill team. Because it had the perfect set of models to start a kill team for Death Guard. It was a very cheap way to get into it. Huh, I, I did not know that. Yeah, uh, Our buddy Connor that we played the kill team campaign with. 
He uh, he bought that. I didn't know that. So yeah, we've got we've got quite a bit of Death Guard and the Age of Sigmar equivalent of Death Guard because she loves those guys. Fantastic. What are oh. the little guys called? Nerglings. Nerglings. Oh my god, my wife loves those. Do you have a fourth forty k army? Uh, well, technically, my wife plays Eldar, and I bought that. Yes. So kind of. <laughs> okay, so I guess I guess my fourth biggest would be the demons because I just started them. My thing with demons though is there are the four classifications of demon. Oh, I always wanted to unify. Very much dislike everything related to zombies and decay. So the Nurgling is out. Not a Nurgle fan, huh? No, not at all. I I wasn't a big fan of them until I read the Buried Dagger, and suddenly, like, all right, I kind of like. I mean, I like the. I've, I've, I'm sure I've read that book. So I'm thinking of the couple I've read that it had a big Death Guard theme. It'd be the one where Murtarion fell right before they transitioned to uh, the Soul System. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I did like the book, and I do like Murtarion's story arc, other than the fact that he went from. Anti to pro, kind of quickly, kind of like uh, what was the other famous character? Oh, that's right, Darth Vader. Oh, how he was just yes. like, oh hey, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh shit, I'm evil. I didn't know that, but there I am. So anyway, with my demons, I'm okay with like uh, uh, Slanesh or okay. What are the the changeling guys? Zeech. Yeah, the he's he's all right, a little feathery and stuff. But I really right. like he cool, he cool. I like corn. Oh, that well, that was my first purchase. Um, thanks to a fantastic gentleman that worked for AT and T in Franklin, uh, he sold me his beautifully painted third edition corn army for three hundred dollars. Met him in the AT and T parking lot in a absolute monsoon and trusted him because I didn't want to get wet, so I just threw it in the back of the car, <laughs> headed to the cash, and drove off. Love it. So glad there was something in those those boxes. Another thing, and again, I only mentioned meta stuff in relation to the fact of how you build the list in order to play a good game, not in how to be competitive. You're not trying to win the LVO here from Tennessee? That's that's correct. Uh, I, I really probably get most of the rules wrong anyway. <laughs> we should start a club. <laughs> or a podcast. Um, I do like the corn demons, but there's not really like... The only thing I've seen with anything corn related that does good and is competitive is the train guy. The Lord Is he the Lord of Skulls? I... He's out of my price range. Okay, so, I so there's a Lord of you. Skulls, and <sighs> if he is not the same model as the demon that's part train, then no. that model as well was in the last list I looked at that had those in there. Uh, dude won, he won something with that. I think really that was big. the Chaos Space Marines list, wasn't it? Yeah, they had that, that was. That is attachment. Mm-hmm. That model is awesome, though. It all circles. Oh, it's beautiful. I'd love to paint it. Yes. It'd take me six years, but oh, man. I'd love to paint it. Dude, my painting standard... Has went way down. I think I'm just gonna go to like get everything base coated and just it's better than gray oh, plastic. What, uh, and then spend time on the models I really love. I I think now and I've, I'm like you and that's partly why I've stopped painting my space wolves off to hobby. I think the space wolves had so many details and it would take me two, three, four hours to paint a single space wolf. Um, I, I've with my dark elder, I've just had to let it go. I'm you know just hitting the little details once. I'm not going back. I'm not doing all the little things to it. At the end of the day, it's a troop. And They're I don't, so tiny. I don't, I don't know if you tried oil washes. No, that's a mess. Okay, so that should really be number one on your list because it's perfect for people like us. And the reason that is is let's say you base coat a model and then you put a acrylic paint wash on it. Okay. Um, You've then covered up everything, and now you need to brighten everything back up that's not in the recesses. Man, it takes me long enough to paint. So an oil wash, uh, you don't have to varnish before you put on an oil wash. It's a a misconception. You just put the oil wash on and wait any amount of time later. But, you know, probably 45 minutes. Sure. 
And then you get a makeup sponge, Q-tip, small piece of cloth, whatever. Dip it in mineral spirits and start wiping it off. It does two things. Number one is it takes all of the wash off of the bright parts of the model so you don't have to repaint it. And you just do it by wiping. Number two is it adds a depth to the model that's not normally there, like a, like a varnish or something. It adds this layer to it that just makes it look much more appealing and, and the stuff still stays in the recesses. So it's like a wash that's only in the recesses. And you don't have to repaint. So it's it's the easy, quick fix yeah. for okay. Army. Okay. Uh, I'm going to let you show me that one day before I commit to buying even more hobby stuff. Well, the, the new thing that's going on right now is AK Interactive's enamel wash streaking grime. Uh, and I've been trying to buy that. This is, it is an oil wash. Everywhere. It's, it's called enamel. Everywhere. But it reactivates the mineral spirits and works the same way. And the reason that it's such a big deal... It's because you can wash an entire army, clean them all up, and not have to go back and re, not have to go back and re-highlight. All right, so now we're we're back from our break. We're going to be uh, discussing some of the other games we played. We've crossed over forty k. Feel like we can summarize some of the others since we haven't played very much. Let's hit a let's hit a non GW product. Let's go with BattleTech, our recent our yes. recent obsession. Yes, BattleTech. Golly, um, wow! I thought forty k was complicated. Yeah, BattleTech is a. Uh, it's something else. I mean, uh, I really enjoy the way that it plays. Of course, we're not doing a game review at the moment. Right. It, um, it's deep. There's a lot is. of things and rules and just a lot of management, which isn't a bad thing. It's just you got to be ready for it. Yes. Like, I bought the Clan War box from Catalyst Games, whatever the, whatever that's called, the expansion to the Game of Armored Combat. Which I bought. Yes. Yeah, so... Those are the two mini, the two sets of minis we've got for that one. We've played uh, played one game for it. I freaking love it. Um, I started printing off some uh, like a game board I'm going to make for it, and uh, so I'm pretty excited to to have that as a secondary game to play to actually spend time with because we've bought a lot of games that we haven't spent any time with. It's interesting. There's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of lore, a ton of books that I honestly just don't have time to read. I wish there was something similar to the Heresy or Black Library that they had just to get more out there. Um, well, they do have um, some very good intro um, trilogies. There's a couple of good authors that have written for it. Have the you read problem them? is oh. that they don't have audiobooks. And That's because our game that we play takes so much time on the hobby front, I only do audiobooks now so that I can listen to a book while I'm hobbying. Because if I have the time to sit down and read a book, I have the time to paint something. And if I have to choose between the two, I'm going to go try to get some of this. So I don't, I hate hate having gray plastic on a table i could see that yeah I, and i'm right there with you i got two small kids so if if i have time to hobby or, or free time generally it's hobby or i used to read a lot before i had uh something that took quite so much of my free time to do here we are We're doing a freaking podcast we love it so much i get that but uh, yeah so games? i've got the the clan invasion set which is what like i think four max i've painted two of them i just got it what last week i think i couldn't tell you I, and uh, I I've yet to pay mine. They come with uh, some little dudes on jump packs, like some Primaris armored oh. Iron Man guys, and uh, we in, haven't got into those rules yet. Inceptors, I believe, is what you're thinking of. They're pretty cool. They get a little smoke coming off of them, lifting them up in the air, and there's like three or four of them on a base or whatever. So that's that's kind of cool to to look into. And then you've got the Inner Sphere uh, game of armored combat. So right. from what I understand the points values of these two things are vastly different. The the thing with the clan wars, lore-wise, is when they came in, it would be like an elite army versus a normal army. So, like, not quite Imperial Guard versus Adeptus of Stardes, but maybe like um, Custodes versus Primarchs, maybe. 
for the heroes of the setting versus your regular Adeptus Astartes kind of thing. Yeah. They're yeah. slightly more powerful. And so I haven't looked into the lore all that much. In so. the cartoon, uh, it covers the clan war. They're doing these strategies to try to make the clan people overheat. And so they're doing all this stuff, and they're starting to overheat. And they're like, by our calculations, if their mechs operated like ours, they would have overheated a long time ago. And the clan guys aren't even warm. Oh, see, I, I have So their technology, they spent all this money like the American military versus some other country's military kind of thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, so they were a very huh. warlike spent all their money on reconquering the inner sphere when they came back. And so their mechs are much more technologically advanced. And so when you play the games, they're not balanced. Like you have to know how they're not balanced so that you can balance it yourself by other way, other means than points. I haven't dug that far into it. So uh... I, I really like the clan story. It reminds me of, uh, of the Horus Heresy. It's a difference of ideals. One faction left and sure, came back sure. to reconquer. I haven't thought of it like that. And again, I haven't dug that deep into the lore. Let's see, so we've covered Battletech. We're not far enough into it to actually know the, like, I have painted the ARC-2742. Uh, so we're not there yet, but right. we have played the one game. Um, definitely not there yet. So what's um, our second biggest GW game? For me, money-wise, would be Age of Sigmar. Uh, what do you have, Age of Sigmar? I have multiple, I probably have like 2,500 points of uh, Stormcast at this point. And um, my wife has some Nurgle stuff. I also recently invested heavily into vampires, soul black grave lords, because I freaking love vampires. I'm aware, uh, as the guy that bought you Curse City. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, thank little, you. Little obsessed right now. Yeah, I think Stormcast and Soulblight is all I have. Age of Sigmar, other than like little odds and ends of sure. like you had some kill orcs. team size squads. Um, and and when you recently got involved with the vampires uh what was the box that just came out was it indomitus it was dominion dominion just came out um and you kind of conned me into playing the orcs there and since then i've actually bought the Ideneth deepkin christmas battle something uh from well, last thank, year thank you for reminding me i uh actually have 3500 points of stormcast now because i haven't assembled any of the dominion box any of your two boxes they're uh sitting in a closet shelf <laughs> They're the coolest looking of the Stormcast, but vampires. As, as far as Age of Sigmar goes, that's all I've got. Just the Deepkin. Well, actually, I take that back. I have two boxes of the... Swamp Orcs, Deepkin. Uh, the Night Haunt box that came yeah. out for second edition. I've yeah. got two of those, but... But you don't really like them. I've played them twice. That's that's why I want you to do the Deepkin and play a game with me so you're playing an army you actually like. Because playing a game with an army you like when we're lore-based is going to make it where you're not going to enjoy it. I, I get that. It's just assembling... You know, how many more models to, I to know, try? I know. Assembly is oh. easily the worst part of the hobby. I there's, like it. There's a part of it I like, it. but there's also the amount of it you have to do. It's a tidal wave. Now, like, you hit me with one model. Oh, hey, here's Abaddon. Okay, cool. I'm going to assemble him. This is awesome. But then you're like, hey, you want to play 2,000 points of such and such on Sunday? Okay, we'll go assemble a thousand points of this so you can have enough for the list. Oh, my God, a thousand points to assemble. What the hell? Unless you play Custodes. Yes. And true. then it's like two units and a Jedi. I do want a Custodes army. The lore is really getting me in there on those guys. What really sold me? It was, was Beckwin. No, not even that. That's what got me. Oh, then you don't need to listen to Valdor the first, the birth of the Imperium. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Is that the it. one where he's interviewing some king or queen when he takes over their country? No, it's, it's literally just like the Empire... The emperor just kind of took over, and they're starting work on the palace. There's one story where the prologue 
is Constantine talking to royalty of a country they've just conquered, and he conquered it by himself or something. Haven't heard of that one. It's the prologue. It's not even huh. the book. Wow. He's just like, I'm I'm Constantine Valdor, and, and your shit's mine now. I oh. wish I could remember what this was. Right. Eh, either way. It's like a John Wick kind of thing. Um, Let's see. So I talked about my Age of Sigmar. Any and other? we haven't played a lot of Age of Sigmar. I played, what, two games, one game? Two or three, yeah. Just kind of learning, try it, see how yeah. it goes. And that we was were... the new edition, Age of Sigmar 3.0. We hadn't played any 2.0 together, correct? I think we played 2.0 right before 3.0 dropped. 3.0 got you so hyped, you had to try it. Yeah, it's the vampires, um, man. They really, oh, I know. They really got I know. me. Um, Freaking love me some vampires. I think, actually, we both bought a Star Wars Legion box not too long ago. Yes. I, I, yes. It's been about two years now. I've got a lot of Star Wars, uh, a good amount of Star Wars Legion. I got the Star Star Wars Legion, a little terrain piece with a fallen at at. Right, right. I've got uh, three units of droids, Count Dooku, uh, General Grievous. You went a lot harder in the paint than I thought you did for Star and Wars. I, I ordered more Star Wars Legion, but our local game store person just, just never. Yeah, up, and huh? wow. in addition, the company that makes Star Wars Legion uh, doesn't do good on like. Mm. Well, GW has <laughs> been having some issues, <laughs> but they don't always have those issues, right? And I, it's only for their big releases. Well, I think they're like eh. if they come out tomorrow with a box of just a, 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 a updated sprue of something. Sure, sure. And it's not gonna if it sells out. I mean, it'll be a lot of them that it takes to sell it out, and then. They'll have some more in a couple months. This company, they are guaranteed to sell out no matter how big of a release it is. Right. No matter how, whether it's the most popular army that they make or not. And then they're not transparent on when they're going to get more in. And then when they order more, they don't order enough. So it sells out again. I mean, I guess it's a good business model if you know you're going to clear. Yeah, they're selling all their inventory, but they're also starving their player base to be able to play the models. True. So you end up having people going to tournaments who have the model and other people with the same army go to the tournament and can't get the model. I really enjoyed Star Wars Legion because uh, the game design is vastly different than uh, 40k they have a tiered approach like it'll say I can't remember the rules exactly but hear me out like you have a card for each unit and each card has a certain number of keywords it's allowed to have so the balance mechanic is how many keywords it can have oh okay okay so I, I've, I've watched so a like couple for your reports, infantry let's never. say three keywords then for your heroes let's say four keywords so it's almost like uh, stats in World of Warcraft. A green item has this much budget for stats. A oh, blue item okay. has this much budget. So they do oh. it like that, and that's how they balance their stuff. So the way that you end up with imbalance is, oh, this guy's keyword set is stronger than this other guy's keyword set. But then you end up with stuff like, let's say you have Anakin, and he has this really powerful keyword. Now, I'm making examples. I don't know the facts, guys, so don't be emailing me this shit. So let's say he has one super-powered keyword that's the most powerful keyword in the game, but his other three keywords suck. But he's like a 300-point guy. Then you have a 100-point guy, and his keywords are all normal, just but they're utility-based. Like, they're functional. All four are functional, but they're not super-powerful. It makes them more versatile. So on certain lists, you're like, I'll take the versatile low point guy. That way I can fit in more of these guys. Whereas the one keyword that makes Anakin so powerful may not be enough to offset the weakness of his other three keywords. So you end up with like whenever you're reviewing a model, you don't have to be living in that ecosystem to be able to evaluate it. You'd be like, oh, okay, I like that keyword that works. And I can see how their game design works with these characters. Whereas in Games Workshop, they don't have a system like that. They just throw whatever they want to on the character and you end up with these characters that are vastly different from each other and there's nothing there to balance them other than points and they don't do that right. Right. Well, <clears throat> twice a year. Um, any other games you've got? So which army did you get in Legion? I bought the Clone Wars 
Fox. So you're the Stormtrooper guys. The clones. Yes. That's the ones I wanted to play, but I just couldn't really get into it. Uh, Painting it wasn't really that exciting. Ooh, painting everything. Did you even get them assembled? They're assembled. They're primed. They are, they've got some white base coats on them. Have we played a game? Never. That's what you're missing out on, my friend. Well, I've got too many other things right now. <laughs> we have so and, many things. Uh, it's not like I could get more if I wanted to. <laughs> um, okay, so so let's hit another GW product. Ooh. You want to do box games? I'm Just all in at, one? I'm one looking big umbrella? at one right now. All right, what box games you got? Adeptus Titanicus. Yes, one day we're going to play that too. You know, I've been working on getting that newer box set ready for a year and a half, two years. I've just got two more Titans to magnetize and then paint everything and we're ready to go. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it because uh, the independent characters talked about how fun of a game it is to play. Everybody that plays it raves on how, how great it is. One day we're going to figure it out before they cancel it. What does it matter if they cancel it? Because you own it. I own a small portion of it. I guess my box game I'll bring up would be... Uh, Curse City. I've got it 90% assembled. I think there's like one sprue left I have to assemble. I got lost. I lost a little bit of interest in getting it knocked out. I wanted to, I bought some STLs to print to fill out the board with some uh, doors and stuff instead of it just, you know, I like having the, I mean, I'm a miniature guy. I like having my walls and stuff instead of imagining them. So I bought the files. I haven't printed any of them yet, but once I found out that there's a, well, you know, there's the Curse City debacle. I don't really want to go into too much detail on that right now. Yeah, let's skip that for now. Also, the rule of the game, the way that it plays, there's a, a portion of the game that is just a huge depressing drag for people that play it. And so there's people that are redesigning that portion of the game. So I've got to look into that so okay, that when so I sit down and get some people to play it who aren't, you know, as invested in GW ecosphere as we are, I'd be like, well, have fun playing it instead of being like, well, at least it's a GW game I can play. It's almost the uh, Kingdom Death approach. The game rules were kind of broken and the community fixed them. Ah, I did not know that. We've also dabbled in the Necromunda. Yes, I guess that does count as a box game, doesn't it? I have two boxes of it on my shelf right now. I sure hope so. (laughs) I usually think of the box games as the ones with boards, like a board game. Technically, if you click on box games but on I the guess website, Titanicus doesn't have a board, does it? No, making me think about I, things tonight. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about. Like, this. I don't even know. I mean, yeah, Necromunda is a lot of fun. I love the rules for how that one works. I would love to play a campaign with about ten people, six if I could just get people. But it seems to be, I don't know, people around here are so adverse to playing things and committing to to playing and building. It's it's difficult. I might have muted you on accident. Necromunda is a, a lot of fun. It's got a lot of quirky rules. There is one side of the of the 40k universe which Necromunda falls into that I don't like, and that's the dirty side of it. Like when I play my cast Space Marines, when you read the books, they talk about all the blood and guts and stuff laying all over the ship where they never clean up and stuff. In my world, my cast Space Marines are clean. They just have venom symbiotes. Yeah, I would like I like them to be evil and to do bad things, but like not leave a festering, decaying corpse with its insides laying in the hallway just for fun, you know, and like get a pressure washer and just like rinse the blood down the drain. No you wonder know. they fell to chaos. It's just yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, so so in my mind, there's none of this disgust laying around. So like when I'm thinking about Necromunda in the Hive Cities, they always lay on all that nastiness real thick. Well, they, they And I think of it the... more like Judge Dredd. Of course. Well, and even there, I think they just throw the bodies into the food compactor and, and everybody comes well, yeah, out Yeah, but in pace. Judge Dredd, you know, in the movies, when they're walking around, it's like homeless New York City. Right. Not like unpoliced with rotting corpses New York City. See what I'm saying? I, I am picking up. Like there are out. people that go around and pick up the corpses. That's just the way, you know, for me, I can't. It's just a little bit too disgusting. So I just ignore those parts. Um, but yeah, so I've got the... 
Is it the Dalac? Is that the trench coat mafia? Yes, the super yeah, those are extra my guys. goths. I don't, I don't yeah. know what better way to, to describe them other than extra goth. Yeah, so I have the extra goths, mm-hmm. and I have the corpse grinders, oddly enough, with my disgust uh, rant I just went on. Yeah, for somebody that doesn't like that aspect of it, you love those corpse grinders. I love the I love corn man. He's Don't just awesome. He just wants to go in and kill stuff. You have the enforcers. Uh, also, no, I do right? not. No, I, I thought you had those. I thought you were the one that was going to get those. I don't have them. I wanted them, but I didn't get them because I thought you got them. No, I, I guess, don't have them. Uh, I'm going to use that $10 credit I got for Warhammer Plus soon. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nope. I did not buy the Judge Dread models. No. But no. you should print the Judge Dread heads for them. That's a thing. It's a thing, Kurt. I will have to check that out. Midwinter um, Minis did it. Noted. I'm looking around and I, I actually don't see, I, I see one other box game on my shelf. I've never played it. It's partially assembled. Dreadfleet. And I can't give it away. <laughs> oh, you can give it away. I'll walk out of here with it tonight. It's very interesting. Um, it looked really cool. We, I, I thought it was going to be Man of War when it came out. It was not. So it never got played. So my other box game would be Blackstone Fortress. Oh, that's that's also here somewhere, just not visible. There it is. Yep. Found it. So I can't wait to play that one. I do want to get it all painted up and get the, the terrain of steels I bought printed out for it now that I have a printer big enough to print them out. You can do it. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to getting that one going because I know it's a it's a fun game. I've played it. Have you? Yes. Um, one of the guys at the local game store had it when we were doing Kill Team. Right, yes. And we need to get that group back together. If nothing else, just be like, hey, we have a place that isn't Melly. So we've covered box games. Yes, we have. Um, let's see. So Star Wars Legion, Battletech, box games, Age of Sigmar, 40K. I don't have a lot invested in 30K. I know you do. Oh, my God. I have so much 30K, and I've only played one game. With somebody oh else's RB. That's awful. I did not know that. My 30K Raven Guard Force has never taken the field. That's awesome. I played a game, a bunch of us got together maybe th- two years ago, three years ago, in it was somewhere in North Nashville. And Jake from one of the 30K podcasts, he's in Chattanooga, I actually played his Sons of Horus against his Space Wolves. Uh, and that's where I found out about the AK Interactive Streaking Grime because his Space Wolves are coated in that stuff and they look so good. It was so fun. I got to play on the Forge World city tiles with the Forge World terrain. There was probably $4,000 worth of terrain on the table. Oh my God. Before we even talked about the armies. And it was just incredible. I was teamed up with the guy playing World Eaters um, and it was Salamanders and Space Wolves against us. It was incredible. The pictures are beautiful. Kind of. Kind of jones into play some 30k now that I've talked myself into it in the middle of this podcast. Right. And we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. I alluded to it earlier, but uh, we do want to cover uh, a lot of different things on this podcast. And uh, one of the other things that we're into is 3D printing. You could which, say that. Which I'm currently taking a break from because I got very irritated. Apparently filament drying is important. Yeah, and, and I've never had that issue with my FDM printer. But isn't the filament you have the crazy rainbow color well i had that but i took it out i wasn't having that problem with it so i have two different rolls of hatchbox and then they sent me two rolls even though i only ordered one of this crazy rainbow craft that my wife wanted okay so she uh the rainbow stuff prints hotter and i have never really dialed in my printer Okay. Like, I didn't think I needed to. I bought an Anycubic Viper. It's supposed to be idiot proof. I wanted... And for the most part, it has been. Yes. I wanted a low effort printing solution uh, because my hobby is miniatures. My hobby is not 3D printing. So, 
that was the angle I went with it. I did not want to spend hours and hours and hours troubleshooting this. And I have spent hours and hours and hours troubleshooting it. So, so like me and my uh, resin printer. Yeah. So it's it's very irritating. And resin printing is also um, the supports make or break you. And sometimes it takes an obscenely long time to get the supports in there. And that's really irritating. So I haven't used my printer in a while for anything other than making bases. My FDM printer, uh, I have, like I said, the two rolls of Hatchbox filament. And I've gone all the way through the black one. And over several weeks. And the thermostat in my house hasn't changed. The humidity has stayed the same. And I never had a problem with the black Hatchbox filament. I switched over to the red yesterday, opened it out of a vacuum sealed pack, put it on, and within 12 hours, it was cracking and clogging up my nozzle. And the online research says that's because it has absorbed too much humidity. So I had to take out the Bowden tube, which, you know, I didn't know what it was called before I did that, and uh, had to cut off the end of it because it had crammed the filament in there and made a mushroom thing in the Bowden tube that couldn't be removed. So now my my tube is shorter than it should be. I cleaned that out. I started up again, and you could hear the filament cracking as it was going around the curve of the Bowden tube, oh, and it had clogged up within 30 seconds. That's so I got to do all that again. I might have to order another Bowden tube. I would even, you can buy it real cheap. Yeah. I would even reach out maybe to Hatchbox and just say, hey, just opened it like two days ago. What the de- What's the deal here? Yeah. Because I was gonna, I was gonna print some Halloween stuff for my wife. I found sure. some really cool, easy to print stuff. So next time I would start that in like June. <laughs> yeah. Not mid mid October. Um. But yeah. So we got the 3D printing that we we do a lot on. You right. got the AnyCubic Mono X. And it is a beast. How many skeletons did you print off of that at one time? Ah, dude, I don't know, but it was a lot. Thirty-seven, maybe. And I think maybe four or five of them didn't have the heads. But other than that, they well, were... Well, I have the box of skulls from GW, so I started gluing Bingo. those heads on them. It makes them look really cool. Looks fantastic. A little variety. Yep. But no, at 37 at once, I think the print was like two bucks. Yeah. Can't beat it. Yeah, mine is the any cubic something something zero, photon zero. And how the many 32 millimeter one. bases can you fit on there at once? I can I can put two Battletech bases on there at one time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just, just two. Just two. Two. I think I might be able to put five 25 millimeter bases on it. Oh, I mean, that's, that's one at a time. You know, by the time you cure it and get the other ones ready, the next batch is done. So, all right. It's also not very high resolution, so printing minis on it looks terrible. Sure. So that's, my, my, that's why you come here and use mine. 